Hello, and welcome to the Salisbury Pediatric Associate Health and Wellness Newsletter Audiocast. I am your host, Dr. M, and this is Volume 14, Issue Number 2, which corresponds with Christmas Day, December 25, 2023. This week, we're going to talk about Christmas, genes and mental health, and recipe. Okay, so this time I want to look at traditions. And specifically, I want to think about Christmas, tradition, and holidays in general. When I think about the holidays myself personally, I think about large family gathering, fake birds chirping in the Christmas tree, my babcha cooking pierogies and butter, bacon and onions, and serving me a humongous plate, my cousin tripping and falling into the tree trying to turn off the chirping bird, and all kinds of other great Christmas memories. I think of Christmas Eve singing Christmas carols in Polish and English. I remember the long table with 30 people sitting around the room celebrating togetherness. Life was pure as a child. Being the youngest of the generation, I seemed to see everything from the lowest viewpoint. I heard everything that was said that may or may not have been appropriate. Conversations were often in Polish and difficult to decipher. I heard deep conversations on politics from the viewpoint of Polish-American immigrants lamenting communism in the mother country of Poland. I learned about people, religion, and life. It was primarily an observational learning experience. When I was young, Christmas for me was a time of thinking about family, togetherness, and food. From the culinary side, celebrations were loaded with Polish staples that my family had enjoyed for generations. It was meat-free for Vigilia, which is Christmas Eve, which was dysfunctional for a non-fish fan kid myself. Believe it or not, I was actually a relatively picky eater when I was young. Truthfully, this was in the framework of a highly home-cooked lifestyle that would have been high quality by today's processed food standards, but yet I was still somewhat picky around things like fish and others. However, at Christmas time, I loved rye bread, butter, pierogies, and beet soup. That was about the sum total of my culinary desires on Christmas Eve. Year after year, repeat and live. The years have passed, and now I love the fish dishes and all the trimmings of the culinary celebration, including pickled herring and many other things that I thought was absolutely nuts as a child. Christmas was also a time for learning to be, and just be. I was a hyper kid. Sitting was not in my nature. Church and school in general were hard for a fidgety child. Christmas, especially for my father, held strong reverence. To be hyper in church was not accepted. Talking during Mass was not accepted. Thus, I learned to be quiet, eventually. It took a while. This was what Matthew McConaughey calls a green light in his book. For me, the quiet ask from my father was a massive red light. It was a stop and listen and learn. I struggled to complete that task for a long time, but I learned to. Thus, the red light of having to be quiet and sit still eventually became a green light in my life. Holidays for kids should be experiential. They should foster togetherness, love, learning, change despite tradition, and so much more. The holiday matters not. The collective love and consciousness is the key. Provide what you deem appropriate for your children. Be present with them this holiday season. Ask them to put away the screens, play non-screen games together, read books together, discuss politics, religion, and the basic tenets of life. We are all in on a family game called Catan at our house. We spent a lot of time playing this game with my nephews and my nieces, my wife, family, and everybody. And it was fantastic. Challenge the whole family to be 1% better every day over the holidays. Even the youngest will learn through silent observation. Trust me, that was my way of learning a lot. 
We have a tradition on Christmas Eve where we take a host and share it with each other, family members, or guests, while wishing them good tidings in the new year. As a young kid, it was very uncomfortable to open up and feel while responding to elders in this way. As the years passed, the beauty of the experience became ever more obvious, easy, and present as the tears of love and joy flowed between us as we got deeper in connection. The difficulty of these traditions as a child has a defined ending, the ability to feel, open up, and be present with others, especially elders. What traditions do you celebrate? If you are so inclined, please share your tradition with the readers and send them to newsletter at salisburyadpediatrics.com. I'd love to read them. I'd love to share them if you are inclined to let me do so. Okay. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and all the other great tidings for you. Section 2. Genes and Mental Health. Mutations in humans with severe disabling mental health effects prior to procreation tend to disappear rapidly over time due to natural selection. De novo, or new mutations, are often more problematical with older parents, especially fathers. This is a result of age-related gene transcription errors. From Dr. McClellan, the puzzling persistence of mental illness with significantly reduced fecundity can be explained by the constant influx of de novo mutations. This constant resupply, combined with a very large number of genes essential for normal neurodevelopment, sustains a high prevalence of these conditions, each characterized by extreme genetic heterogeneity. That was from Dr. McClellan in the journal Cell Neuron. So, severe diseases like autism and schizophrenia, in their severe form, have more somatic mutations by a large number than non-affected individuals. They named these evolutionary dynamic neurodevelopmental regions HARS, H-A-R-S, or human accelerated regions. It is now known that individuals with schizophrenia and autism have higher volumes of HARS. What is also clear is that these mutational changes lead to phenotypes of behavior that have a natural selection component reduced procreation. The highest rate of reduced reproduction is with schizophrenia. The authors go on to write, The gender differences are significant as well with males, being more affected than females. Damaging copper number variants on the genetic code responsible for autism are much more common in unaffected mothers than their fathers. Females have to have much more severe mutational change to be affected as opposed to males. Females are also protected against rare de novo copy mutations that will affect a male with the same mutation. Interestingly, severe mental illness like schizophrenia and autism, which cause decreased reproduction of the species, are negatively selected against an increase in disease frequency over time. Yet the volume of autism causes cases excuse me, keep rising. There are no good answers here that are concrete. A great hypothesis is as follows. Variants of epigenetic changes are hitting multiple genes at one once affecting many neurodevelopmental pathways leading to disease frequency concerns. Highly interconnected networks of neuronal activity are being disrupted in concert. It is like a tree falling from on one transformer cutting out electricity to a very small area versus 50 trees knocking out 50 transformers in a larger area leading to global loss. Overall, this dynamic ability to respond to ever-changing environment genetically has allowed us to take advantage of changes and survive for thousands of years. These same beneficial adaptabilities appear to be now causing us mental health dysfunction. The why is still in debate, but I am pretty certain that we will learn that
that the immune system is at the center being driven to dysfunction by foods, toxins, and stress. From the same paper, quote, clinical presentations representing maladaptive or extreme reactions based on otherwise normal human responses, examples depression versus misery and grief, anxiety versus threat awareness, adherence to social norms, aggression versus self-preservation, suggest dynamic responses to environmental and social and cultural risk factors and stressors rather than a broken gene or faulty brain network. This does not imply that genetics plays no role in the risk or protection from suffering or worry or maladaptive behavior, but rather that the interplay between genes and environment is so complex and individual unique that current diagnostic nosology may not be sufficient to identify underlying biological causes, end quote. So let us take substance use for example. Alcohol-based beverages allowed humans to consume water and potentially contaminate environments by fermenting fruits with water. These beverages also had the effects on our social behavior, lowering inhibitions, which would allow humans to procreate more often at higher volumes, which is a net positive for the species. Depending on life-based situations and stressors, alcohol could be a net benefit or a net negative if abused or as a numbing agent for social or physical pain. Social cultural stress could and does lead individuals to use alcohol frequently and in volume. This could trigger neurodevelopmental dysfunction in offspring if consumed by the mother while pregnant and could trigger psychiatric shifts when older as well. As always, everything is about balance, timing, and host genetics. The whole article is worth a full read. Much more to look at on this topic over time, but a fantastic, fantastic article to read. Okay, the recipe of the week is kapusta, which is a traditional dish that I love with sauerkraut, onions, bacon, a little bit of brown sugar, parsley, and a little bit of water. Grilled together in, on the stove, fantastic stuff. Song of the Week is a Christmas song called Joy by George Winston. And again, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to all, Happy New Year, and I hope everything goes the best it can for you in the coming times. As always, hug those kids. The information provided in this audio casted newsletter is educational and informational purposes only, not a substitute for advice and or treatment provided by your physician or other healthcare professional, and is not to be used to diagnose or treat a health issue. Absolutely does not constitute the formation of a provider-patient relationship. Have a great day.